Welcome to a special Letters to Women summer mini-series to celebrate the release of my brand new book, Sisterhood, Giving and Receiving the Gift of Friendship, published by Our Sunday Visitor. Inside the book, you'll find a practical guide for discerning, developing, and keeping authentic friendships as a woman in today's world. So whether you're in a secure place with the women in your life or you're not confident at all, Each and every one of us has room to grow in the art of friendship. In the book, you'll also encounter stories along the way from women who share their personal experience with friendship. These real talks are on everything from hospitality to friendship and seasons of transition, and they show the true diversity of what authentic sisterhood can look like. In this series on friendship, I'm sitting down with a woman and a friend who's contributed a reflection on friendship to the book to get to know her better. And you'll get to hear these women read their real talk witnesses out loud like a miniature audiobook. And then we're fielding your questions on friendship that you submitted via email and on Instagram. And if you listen through to the end of today's episode, you can find out about upcoming friendship topics and how to submit your questions for a chance to win a signed copy of the Sisterhood book. Today's episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by the Little Catholic Box. The Little Catholic Box is a quarterly subscription for Catholic women. Each quarter, they curate beautiful and functional Catholic items around a spiritual theme. It is so much fun to be a subscriber to the Little Catholic Box, but it's also a blessing to artists and creators and small businesses whose items are featured in the boxes. New subscription signups are currently closed, but they do have a number of individual items available that are not like anything you've ever seen before. The Little Catholic Box collaborates with other Catholic businesses to create unique new products meant to celebrate our faith. So if you ever need a thoughtful and uncommon gift for a Catholic friend or family member or loved one, be sure to check out what's available at thelittlecatholicbox.com. And don't forget to visit thelittlecatholicbox.com slash letters to check out this month's Letters to Women bonus. They offer something different every month for Letters to Women listeners. So head over to the littlecatholicbox.com slash letters to see what is this month's bonus. And be sure to check that link each month for new bonuses for Letters to Women listeners. In this first episode on the series, I'm sitting down with Kiki Rocha. Kiki is a Catholic woman on a mission to rebuild culture. She's an overcomer, and it's through her story of resilience that she has found her calling to coach women in wholeness by cultivating their self-worth, mindset, and dreams. Speaking is another one of her many loves. Having been brought up in a single-parent home, being an abortion survivor, and a sexual abuse survivor, she has much to share on how the modern-day woman is created for more. Bring her some babies and some guacamole, and you'll make her happy. You'll also recognize Kiki's voice from a past episode of this podcast, A Letter to the Woman Healing from Sexual Abuse, and I'm going to link that in today's show notes so you can get to know Kiki's story as a Catholic woman and hear her reflection on the feminine genius. And when you open up the new sisterhood book, you're going to find Kiki's reflection on healing and friendship. And that kicks off the first chapter in Sisterhood, which talks about examining and healing your own heart for friendship. Kiki, welcome to the special Letters to Women miniseries. It's so good to sit down with you. Thank you, Chloe. I can't help but think that like the 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 episode that we did on to a letter for a woman healing for sexual abuse was like two years ago, I think. Time flies, sister. And yeah, I'm so happy we're reunited. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was looking back in the in the archive and realizing that it had been that long and it doesn't feel like it's been that long at all. But I'm glad <laughs> to be back with you. <laughs> Yeah, and this time talking about friendship. Yes, yes. And we're going to kick off our time together hearing how you took a step away from a friend and learned to trust the Lord to provide when it comes to friendships with other women. And so I am really excited to start us off by hearing you read the story that you shared in the Sisterhood book. 
Absolutely. And I, I love reading to other people. So this just makes my heart so happy. Okay. So here we go. Healing and friendship. I was hiding in my dorm on a Wednesday night from a college life that my Mexican-American first-generation college student self was still completely perplexed and intimidated by. The walls kept me safe from the deep loneliness that was overcoming me during this huge life transition. Everywhere I turned, it felt like I had no one who truly understood everything I was experiencing. That evening, my Facebook chat box opened up, showing a message from Amanda. We exchanged a series of hellos, and she asked if she could come visit me on my college campus in Los Angeles. I said yes, of course. When she finally arrived, my insides felt somewhere between a first date and imposter syndrome. I was excited over the novelty of the friendship, but she also affirmed me so much and constantly commented on my beauty. Amanda had chosen me. That's what I do for people, I thought, but nobody has done it for me until now. Her visit was the beginning of a 10-year friendship and sisterhood. When I first met Amanda, I didn't know the Lord. Much of our friendship was rooted in our large emotional capacity to receive the other and our bond over how much we love to love, although we didn't yet know the fullness of what love was at the time. I hadn't encountered a friend who could match my emotional intelligence until Amanda. We stuck by each other through graduations, death and loss, first jobs, family hardships, breakups, primarily mine, and all the things life brings. Right after college, she married and I was one of her bridesmaids. My reversion came shortly after her wedding and God took me by storm. Less than a year into my faith walk, I quit my full-time job and I began to work for a pro-life crisis pregnancy center. Amanda and I still kept in touch, but she and I were growing in different directions. Our intimacy became much more superficial. The yearning for a deeper and Christ-centered friendship was left as a yearning. It was so frustrating for my heart. All I knew at the time was how to stay because I had always felt unchosen and abandoned by friends. My fidelity was what I knew how to give her. I left to Phoenix to start a missionary year and left her in God's hands. We reconnected after my first mission year and I expressed my hurt in our friendship. She proposed we go to a praise and worship event in Orange County. As I drove, I could hear a resolute heart, a heart clear in her need to make time to heal and be single with Jesus. Could this be the beginning of a new season for us too? But the events that followed that evening left me feeling helpless and lost in our friendship. A series of events thereafter led me to a painful conclusion. Amanda and I were transitioning away from our friendship that had been a constant for such a long season in our lives. I began to see I could not stay in a friendship that did not challenge me to grow toward heaven. I live with the hope that Amanda and I will someday re reconcile, but I continue to focus on becoming the woman God made me to be and the woman that I'm becoming. The more I become confident in who I am as his daughter, the more I grow in a desire for authenticity in my friendships. There was much I learned about myself in this season with Amanda, but I also knew God was calling me to trust in his goodness when it came to friendships with women in my life. With time and healing, I learned that I believed friendship could not get better than Amanda and that I lacked trust in the goodness of God. With time and healing, I grew in freedom, allowed myself to grieve and sought closure from God and through my relationship with him. Freedom came as I took steps to move forward. The season of friendship with Amanda that I was blessed with formed me for the rest of my life. And that is truly a gift. It is so neat to hear you read that in your voice when you sent that that my way. I read it for the first time in your voice in my head. And so it is so fun to see it in print, in a book, and then hear it in your voice as well. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> 
You're so welcome. Thank you again for giving me the honor to, yeah, just share share a little bit of my life experience with other women who I'm sure share in that as well. <laughs> mm, yes, yes, that's so true. The, the line that, that struck me as you were reading is that all I knew at the time was how to stay because I'd always felt unchosen and abandoned by friends. And just seeing what comes from acting out of that that wound maybe from other friendships or other relationships yeah. and seeing how that can impact so many different relationships and friendships that you're mm. that are in your life it, it was painful it was painful to me to kind of um have the blindfold be taken off as to what my past friendships even you know with amanda and then outside of amanda how they kind of panned out chloe and a lot of them left right? The relationship sort of that wound of abandonment per se was very present um, in my heart. And it was hard for me as someone who had experienced a lot of trauma to have this be recurring in the space of her life, especially as someone because of trauma, I believe I cling on to closure being like the one solace in comfort. Well, if you're going to leave me, at least tell me why, like, tell me why I wasn't good enough or tell me what I did wrong. That was kind of where my heart and mind would always go. And then thereafter, because I was so hungry for constancy in relationships, I try to manipulate myself to be something that I wasn't um, a lot of the time. So I would, you know, suppress my emotions and my own needs and thoughts that maybe conflicted with hers or any other woman's. <laughs> and so, yeah, I hit a wall. I hit a wall of frustration, but I thank God for my experience with Amanda, because again, it opened my eyes to, you know what? I want more. I want more in friendship and it is okay to admit that. Um, it is okay to desire that. Do I know, well, at the time, how it was going to look? No, I did not know. <laughs> but that is part of the adventure, you know, with Christ, knowing that he has our best in mind and he will provide in ways that are unimaginable for us. <laughs> yes, yes, amen. Yeah, like growing in that capacity to be authentic and even to your with yourself to say, these are things that I desire in a friendship and having the freedom to express that to the Lord and to yourself, that's a major step too in that healing process. Yes, absolutely, Chloe. Okay, so listeners sent over some questions about friendship that I would love to chat with you because I, I think all of these questions really drive the point home that you're not the only person who's gone through an experience like this. First one comes from a listener. She says, I'm eager for support on healing from a friendship breakup. It's approaching the one year mark and this whole month has been painful thinking about her. Do you know about any saints who went through a friendship breakup or maybe a similar experience that I can intercede through? Yeah. Well, first off, I want to affirm the pain that you must be feeling kind of approaching that one year mark. I have been in the same boat. There's something about time and time posts that really kind of hit our hearts, really pierce our hearts. It's like this remembrance of, oh man, what could have been in this one year if we would have just stayed friends? Like those thoughts can come to mind. So I just want to affirm um, the the lovely lady asking asking the question, I would say that I do know that St. Paul and St. Uh, Barnabas, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, <laughs> say it in Spanish. <laughs> I'm also bilingual, guys. Uh, but St. Paul, St. Barnabas, they they had a friendship and they had a friendship breakup in, in their history together. Now, do I know the details? Not so much, but I'm sure you can look it up. I know that they definitely got through it. That's all I know from them. But you know what? I have yet to hear of a friendship between two women saints that was redeemed. And I wonder, dear listener, if you are 
the person, the person to maybe fill this place, this much needed place, right? Having a patron saint of redeemed friendships, maybe. Uh, saint Elizabeth Ann Seton, though, she is a patron saint of friendship. Why? Because she was very close to her uh, sister-in-laws, actually, Chloe, and she loved them. She began to kind of grow in friendship with them a lot more after she became a widow. She is recorded being very affirming to her friends and always going out of her way to make them feel loved, seen, and known. So if anything, St. Elizabeth and St. I think could be a beautiful vessel of the Lord um, to take the prayers that you want to give him to the heart of Jesus because girlfriends, like friendship wounds are so like underrated. <laughs> <laughs> they hurt. <laughs> they hurt. I will be the first one to say that. It's so true, right? Because in friendship, you're opening up in, in a healthy friendship, you're opening up to someone you're sharing with them, you're confiding your hopes and your dreams and what's really hard in your life right now. And when that gets twisted, there's so many parts of your heart that it is so tempting just to shut down from that vulnerability that is necessary in a healthy friendship. There's, I think there's so many friendship wounds that so many of us have in our stories. I, I did all that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another one I'm going to toss you away. Oh, actually, Chloe, if I can just add one more saint, because we can never really have enough. Saint Raphael, he is the patron saint of happy meetings. So dear one, if you want to add him to your intercession, intercession prayer as well, like just ask him to help you meet maybe friends that can even support you through this friendship breakup. I think because sometimes the reason why women cling on Koi is because they're coming from like a mindset or a posture of like scarcity. Apart from like, of course, validating the fact that like every single person is so unique and irreplaceable. So of course, we're going to feel like a dense, right? And a loss there. But I wonder, I wonder if this is maybe the posture of our hearts. So St. Raphael is a really good one as well. Anyway, please go on, Chloe. <laughs> no, Raphael is a phenomenal one to add to that. I love that. Here's the next one for you. There is a friend, says this listener, that I need to take a major step back from. Do you have any advice for a breakup conversation? I don't want to just let our friendship fade. I want to be intentional in sharing what's going on and why I need to take a step back. Yes. Okay. This is a good question. I love hard conversations. Um, I know we hear a lot of people saying, I'm not confrontational. That's like oftentimes a phrase that I hear coming from people, but I feel like we kind of give up on ourselves a bit too easily. I think everyone in them has the capacity to encounter another human being. And if we shift our, our mindset and think of it in that way, I think it becomes a lot more easy and digestible for us, right? To even just like think about, okay, I'm just going to encounter another human being. Like that's easy enough. Might it get a little bit messy and muddy? Of course, you know, but we are human beings and that's that's the beautiful complexity of receiving the other. So with that said, I think I think that's a, that's a helpful little little side note to give um, our listeners. In this question, I noticed two desires and they're not necessarily conflicting. They might be kind of living in the same space of her heart. One of them is, you know, the fact that you are acknowledging that you want to break up, that a breakup is due, basically. At the same time, there is a second desire that I notice, and that is that you don't want it to fade. I would ask yourself, what is the ideal result of the breakup conversation? What do you want that to look like for you, right? To kind of have that vision in mind, because it sounds like you want to have her not be part of your most intimate circle anymore. But at the same time, you're afraid of letting her go. And it's completely valid and okay to feel that way. Because again, this is huge, right? But I would say like, even just kind of designing that with the Lord, that conversation, 
and, and, and ask, and ask yourself, like, what do I want? Do I want to come out as acquaintances after this conversation? What is that for you with your listeners? So, so going in that, in that sort of mindsets in, in wanting to kind of uncover those two desires and why they both are coexisting, right? Uh, really pressing into your heart there, I think would really help you. Apart from that, I would add, identify and define what's not working in your friendship anymore. Become very clear, right? Give yourself concrete examples as to why it's not working anymore, right? And identifying and, def- identifying and defining and write down your why if it helps you practice. Because I know like there's been situations Chloe, where like I've, even though I love in- hard encounters, because ultimately I just, I want both people to feel loved in the dance of like the misunderstandings and then having to break down walls, et cetera. Like I am obsessed with that and I love it because I love humans, but we can all feel nervous at some point and forget our words, et cetera. So I think one thing that helps me calm down prior to a difficult encounter is to write it down for my own sake, right? To kind of just do like a little bit of a brain dump and and sketch out the structure of what I want to say to her. And lastly, um, two things that I will add is the sandwich approach. Very simple. It's like you can start off with gratitude and, and opening your conversation with her. And then in the middle, you can add the vulnerability and the gain, right? So you become vulnerable with her as to why you're kind of coming to this conclusion and what you've gained in your friendship, because knowing another human being is never a loss. So there is some good there. And then finally, when you let her know what it is that you want after this conversation, what you need, you simply say thank you. And that's how you close it off. So gratitude, vulnerability, and gain, and then thank you. Because you know what? Like we're all worthy of 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 knowing that we we contributed you know to someone else's life so you see friends with her for a reason yeah I love the definition of the expectation for the conversation that's so helpful I know there have been difficult conversations in my life where I haven't taken that step and I'll walk away from a, a hard conversation and think oh something didn't go the way that I expected but I hadn't defined that expectation and so it was a lot harder to sort through retrospectively than going in with this clear hoped for expectation Oh, absolutely, Chloe. One of the biggest purifications for me is when like I am misperceived or misunderstood. It is so humbling and so sanctifying (laughs) to have like the knowledge that the other person sees me the way that I don't see myself. Isn't that something, right? (laughs) Yep. Yes, humbling is a good description. <laughs> yes, that is a whole other conversation, it's though. True. It's true. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to put a bookmark on that one and come back to it. I've got two more questions for you that listeners have sent in that I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Wonderful. So here's the next one. How do you navigate friendship uh, when a friend always asks for your advice in a conversation, but then never takes it? There's a, there's, there's a mix of tools that I would use here. I, I would definitely, like, again, have a conversation. I feel like conversations are tools that nowadays in the age of social media and texting could feel so much easier reading a text and then we just finished you know noting misperceptions misperceiving it misunderstanding it feeling like the other person is not understanding you etc it can be so easily to kind of fall into that mindset and just leave it there so having that conversation keeping the other person accountable by bringing up like hey you know what i um i noticed that you are needing advice recently but i'm not really seeing that being applied in your life you know tell me more is is there something going on so having that ability to have curiosity is a huge 
a huge tool, I think, in, in relationships versus judge, judgment or preconceived notions of like, oh, this person's always doing this. So therefore, they're going to keep doing it, right? Everyone is capable of pivoting and changing because grace is alive. <laughs> and so if they are open to grace, that means that they are capable of transformation. Yeah, I would say conversations, accountability with curiosity. And then at the very, at the, at the very last, I would say mercy and grace, right? Forgiveness. Um, if it's hurtful for you, it's going to have to repeat yourself. <laughs> and I will also, I will also kind of like attach this uh, other component, Chloe, that I think might be helpful is if you are finding yourself in a situation where after having multiple conversations, it's leading you back to the same point. So it's like kind of this circular, you know, cycle with this beautiful friend of yours, it might mean that you have to reassess what, where the friendship is, right? So for me, this, this works for me. And if this sounds too professional, like I have um, another sort of like metaphor or analogy to, to use. So having categories in my mind that don't necessarily box people up, but they're kind of fluid, but I need to know for my own sake to know how I invest my time, uh, how intimately I can get with this person, right? Like, et cetera, et cetera. I need to know where this person falls. So, and also kind of assessing their virtue. And if they're at the same level as me, or if they're striving as much as I am and mentor, peer and mentee or or in the sisterhood lingo it could be like older sister twin and little sister if that's easy to remember <laughs> so to know okay like where does this person fall am i finding myself to constantly be going to a to get advice from this person. Therefore, they might be more of an older sister for me. And that is totally good. As this question poses, my suspicion is that this other friend who's going to advice, to get advice, excuse me, might be more a, of a of a mentee possibly. And believe it or not, like as we evolve, you know, in our womanhood, in our humanity, in our formation, friendships can go from one category to the other. Again, very kind of fluidly. I, want, I never want to make you guys feel like, you know, human beings are categories. Again, it's helpful for me to know to what extent can I invest myself and can I, to what extent can I receive the other, right? So if that's helpful to note, then I'm grateful. I'm grateful to share that. That's super helpful. Another thing that kind of strikes me as I'm reading this this question and hearing you respond as well, which was fantastic. I love that different ways to think about the different kind of relationships that we have with women in our life. In conversations with friends, I have a friend who will always say, when I share something hard, do you need someone to listen or do you need someone to work alongside you to fix it? Mm. And a lot of times I just need someone to listen, but I find sometimes and that it's easier to open up a hard conversation by asking someone what they think about it or what their advice mm -hmm. would be. So I think even to clarifying with her in those conversations, do you need some, do you need advice to fix it? Or would it be more helpful if I listen here in this conversation to what can I give up myself here? This also works in relationships and dating. This is the conversation that Joseph and I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like laughing because it's just, it's gold and I love it and I am completely behind it. And I would even say like, if you're, if you're finding yourself to constantly need to ask, you know, the other person, like, do you need me to listen or, or you know, help you kind of give you advice in, in whatever way. And the person kind of seems to be more so desiring you to give her the answer. Like that right there, I think is something that I found myself constantly experiencing over my lifetime not so much now in my later years now I'm 30 so 
I feel like my friends are a little bit like it's more much much more clear to me than you know in my 20s I was like okay I feel like indecision is definitely also a component of friendship conversations that maybe we can discuss um so how do we how do we deal with that right it's like when we're in conversation and the person wants us to give her the answer because she values our advice well is it our advice or is it the answer that she's seeking and kind of differentiating between those two for her I think that would be helpful too All right, I have one last question for you to close out our conversation together this evening. Beautiful. Last one here is, how do I figure out when I need to take a step back from my friendship or set some boundaries, slash, there's a slash, so it might be and or, and or set some boundaries versus walk away from a friendship altogether? Okay, so I have a couple of thoughts here. Literally had another conversation with a good friend yesterday for like two and a half hours about this. You know, the word boundaries, I feel define those, you know, for yourself. And for me, you know, they're like a non-negotiables. Like these are my boundaries. This is, this is what I need to put in place in order to love you better and to love myself, right? And to be able to function in this relationship, to be able to feel safe. So they're non-negotiables. Can they change? Absolutely. But they're always communicated um, in some way. Now, expectations, we've already used that word in this conversation, Chloe. I feel like those are a lot more fluid and they can be communicated as well. But I feel like Boundaries kind of hold more of a firm place in in friendship. I feel like they're more of a safeguard for, again, like feeling safety, feeling like your needs are needs are met, etc. Knowing um, what your boundaries are, first of all, like what are your boundaries? <laughs> and then I would ask you in this friendship, are you hurting? Or are you being harmed? Like hurt versus harm is something that I often bring up to my gals who I coach. They it feel it can feel very similar um, to those that don't have practice in dis- distinguishing, but they're very different. It's like we are going to hurt people that we love, right? And we're imperfect beings. Um, doesn't mean that we can that we write off the relationship as being unhealthy uh, or toxic. It simply means that we are human and we need grace and forgiveness and redemption, you know, in relationship versus harm is someone that's clearly not respecting your boundaries, is constantly trying to bypass them, and is trying to, again, put you in harm's way. So asking yourself that, are they leading you to virtue? That is our ultimate end. That is going to be the vehicle to heaven. So like, are they leading you to virtue? Do they keep God at the center of the friendship, right? If God is our everything, like, are are they also kind of inviting God into the friendship? Or um, are they kind of seeing you as the end all be all. I know for myself, like I've had situations where I have felt like idolized, even just for like my Instagram profile. I don't even have that many followers. <laughs> so it's not like I'm flaunting anything, but it's more of like this feeling of like, hold on, are we both pursuing God here or are we pursuing what we think each other is? So there's that. And then lastly, I will say, um, observe their life. I think being an ob- observer a loving observer of their life, asking yourself, what is the intentional fruit that they're desiring to reap in their life? Does it align with what I believe? You know, can this be part of my life as well? Does it mix well? Um, those are some things that I would I would pose to, to the listener, Chloe. Oh, those are all so good. Yeah, I love that you brought up the phrase toxic or the word toxic because I think it's so common in today's society to just write someone off as toxic and have that just be the end. Well, if they're a toxic person, I'm just going to cut them out of my life. What you suggested, I think, takes a lot more work, a lot more um, reflection, both interiorly and then with yourself and then also in the friendship. But it's really the good hard work 
of discovering the answer to this question. Is it a boundary? Is it an expectation? Is this something that is, yeah, that isn't compatible with the way that I'm striving for the Lord? Wow, Chloe, I feel like we can just go on for hours talking about this. This is so good. (laughs) (laughs) We could, we could. And you are in the middle this week, right, on Instagram talking about friendship. So tell me more about that. And then tell me also where people can find you online and keep chatting with you. Yay. So again, this this chat, you know, between you and I um, and with your dear listeners is so, it's so pivotal, I think, for me, because earlier this year, the Lord kind of was nudging on my heart. He was like, hey, Kiki girl, like you've lost five good friends in three years. Good friends, Chloe. And and I think the Lord was inviting me to uh, dive into each one, each relationship in its own unique way to see if to see if there was closure there to maybe, you know, kind of close a door or reassess it like each like exactly what we're talking about here, like really assess whether it was hurt versus harm, or they leading me to virtue is there a chance for redemption is there not it was hard. It was definitely hard because women value friendship. We love relationship. We are literally made for relationship and nurture and like all the things. So I think I I gathered a lot of wisdom and I'm eager to share it with other people. And as we were speaking before we started recording, friendship and problems in friendships or issues in friendships with women, Catholic women specifically, I think are very much not talked about as often as I think they should be (laughs) because again, right? Like we have this heart that is made to be in sisterhood. I think our disposition for that is much bigger than like the masculine heart, I will dare to say. (laughs) I think in their own unique way, they definitely are made for relationship, of course. But I think we desire those sisterhood bonds in our own special way. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I'm excited to continue to learn from the wisdom that you do share. Is Instagram the place that you're going to share it the most, do you think? Yeah, Chloe, thank you for reminding me. Yes. So my website is under construction, but my Instagram is Kiki the Brave. That is my handle. Kiki the Brave, uh, three eyes after the last K. And I will be sharing some beautiful posts about all things friendship. Fantastic. So I'm going to, I'll link to that in today's show notes so you can find it super easily and follow Kiki on Instagram. Kiki, thanks for coming on. This was so much fun. I loved chatting about all things healing and friendship and getting to sit down and chat with you. This is wonderful. Thank you, Chloe. And love you guys. I hope that you find all of this fruitful. I'll be praying for all of you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Letters to Women. Check out the show notes for my conversation with Kiki on my website, letterstowomenpodcast.com, or just scroll down in your podcast player for links to follow Kiki on Instagram, as well as a link to our very first conversation together on the Letters to Women podcast back in 2020. You'll also find a link to the Little Catholic Box, and make sure to use that link as a Letters to Women listener so you get your free bonus bundle. If the conversations that you hear on Letters to Women are something you would recommend to a friend, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. And if you know a woman who would love this conversation about healing and friendships, could you click share on your podcast player and send it her way or maybe mention the podcast in a conversation with friends? Hit subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss any future episodes. I want to hear from you too when it comes to these conversations on friendship. Some of the topics that we're going to be talking about this summer include things like digital friendship, friendships in season of transition, finding good friends, what it means to be a good friend, and finding friendship in hard seasons. So what kind of questions would you like to hear in a conversation? Send your friendship questions to me via email at letters to women at gmail.com. Or you can just send me a message on Instagram at letters to women underscore podcast. At the end of the summer, I'll be drawing one name out of the questions submitted and sending a listener a signed copy of my new book, Sisterhood, Giving and Receiving the Gift of Friendship. That's all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.